everyone. It is As Hamilton with you. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, uh, normally working in schools across the country, also doing a whole bunch of PD days with teachers. So if you are needing a PD day for your college, get in contact with me through justmotivation.com.au. Hey, this week's podcast, I want to share with you something that I think is probably more relevant today than it was even in my own life back in 2011. I am going to share with you a little bit of wisdom that was given to me unexpectedly uh, in the middle of the year, 2011, it was around June. Um, I'm just going to set this up because before I received this wisdom, I wasn't really looking for any kind of advice. You know when you go through a lot of pain or suffering and you just want to wallow in your own pity, you're just down and out and thinking, don't come to me with your advice, don't, don't come to me with how to deal with my situation. That was exactly where I was, uh, June of 2011. For those that have seen me speak in schools, you know that one of the main topics that I love to grapple with and constantly ask questions in regards to is suffering and pain and why we have to go through bad things. This year has been a perfect example of that for so many of you. Uh, last week, if you didn't hear it, we chatted with some grade 12 students from Emmaus College out at Jimboomba who have just been navigating a year that they didn't expect going into and uh, it was really great chatting to those guys. So go back and have a listen to that. But so many students, so many of you guys out there, teachers and students out there, have had a really rough year. Like you're exhausted. I, I know that we're in term three. It feels like we're in term five for a lot of you. You're like, isn't, isn't the Christmas holidays around yet? Have I, do I get a break yet? Because this is just a year that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. In fact, most days I've got to wake up myself and go, what day is it today? Is it, it's Wednesday, Wednesday, podcast day. Let's do that. Well, today I'm going to sort of step back into a little bit of teaching, a little bit of understanding. If you've been enjoying that sort of part of this podcast, some of the last few weeks have been a little bit different with interviews, etc., etc. But today I want to talk to you about something that seems very far from who I am as an individual. And it's actually something that you won't get me doing a whole lot of in the practical. It's a little thing called pruning. Pruning. If you've ever been in a garden, you know you've got to prune stuff, right? I'm not a gardener. In fact, I remember in the early 2000s when I had a radio show, I actually had a segment called As Is Better Homes and Concrete Slabs. And it was just about the fact of how much I hated gardening and how I avoided gardening at all costs. So seriously, when I talk to you about this stuff today, understand that I knew none, none of this stuff prior. And if you are like in horticulture and you're a gardener and you hear what I have to say and you're like, mm, kind of missed it a little bit, I'm just going to share with you the lessons that I took away from a conversation that came from a place that I didn't expect, least expected uh, in my life. And it actually has been applied to my life for the last nine years. And I feel that it's probably more relevant today uh, in the world that we live in than ever before. So if you want to take away something today that you can apply to your life, just strap in, buckle in, because I want to share with you the concept of pruning and the concept of three. Um, I just got to go back though, because if you don't know my story, my story is an interesting one. Um, I didn't start speaking and working in schools like I do with Just Motivation uh, until the end of 2011. Working in schools actually came out of a place of pruning, out of a place of just losing everything. And for anyone who 
um, has seen me speak in schools, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I know where Az is going with this. In 2011, I sort of had a year from hell. And I know a lot of people uh, kind of explain, well, we'll be talking about 2020 as like the year from hell, that they lost everything, everything went pear-shaped. Hopefully, fingers crossed, 2021 is going to be better. But at the moment, 2020 is looking like this is going to be a defining year in the world. Like everyone's going to talk about this year for, you know, decades to come and we'll remember 2020, all the same of us, um, Every one of us will have some kind of memory from this year, good, bad, or ugly. For me, 2011 was a little bit like that. Uh, I entered into 2011 probably with the same kind of excitement as 2020, in fact. I had a big year planned. Um, I was getting ready to get married. I'd got engaged at the end of 2010, which was pretty cool. Um, And I was entering into this new year thinking, okay... By the end of this year, I'm going to be a married man. Um, I had a dream job at the time. I was actually working for a not-for-profit, helping kids in poverty. It sort of was the height of my career at that time. Like I I just thought, this is just the greatest thing ever. And I felt like I had purpose in my life. I had a dream. And not only that, I'd sort of got my life in in order, right? I just sort of... For the previous 10 years, I've been working away at my finances, getting my place in order, getting my life in order. So, you know, when you get to the stage of life and maybe you've gone through this in your own life where you feel like you're just ticking boxes, like tick, 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 everything's great. Everything, you're just like, nothing nothing can go wrong here because I have got all my ducks in a row. I'm heading in the right direction. 2011, really, at uh, the start of the year, that was it for me. I was excited about the year. I was excited about where I was going. I was excited about the future. Um, I was proud of the hard work that I'd done and now it was paying off. Um, but who knows, sometimes these sort of things just go awry. They just don't work out exactly how you want. And you're like, hey, as hands up, 2020, that's me right now. And in the midst of 2011, the start of the year, it just sort of started to unravel. Um, to cut things short, um, probably about three months into the year, that relationship that I thought I was going to be getting married um, dissipated for all sorts of reasons. Uh, and at the end of the day, it was not like it was um, anything wrong with either of us parties involved with the engagement. We just realised this was not okay. This was not right and it was going to end badly. So we cut this thing off, but it hurt. It really, really hurt. And if you've ever been in a, a relationship where you've broken up with someone um, that you thought you loved... Um, it, it hurts, even if you know you've done the right thing. And so I found myself in that sort of position um, early in the year, but it was okay because I had something to distract me. I had my job. I had a whole bunch of stuff going on in my life that I thought was totally fine. As long as I focused on that, I could kind of work through the pain of loss. Uh, I actually found myself about three months after that being asked into my boss's office and he sat me down and he said, as... Um, we have to let you go. You see, back in 11, uh, a lot of not-for-profits were still feeling the effects of the GFC from 2008-9, and there was just no finance for this job. So I got told on that day, in two weeks, you're leaving. And I remember just feeling like this year cannot get worse because I'm still trying to figure out why I'm feeling so much pain over a situation which I didn't feel like I'd done anything wrong. You know what I mean? Maybe some of you this year are feeling that. You're like, I did nothing wrong. I was on track and then this little thing called COVID-19 came along and now I'm in a situation I never thought I'd be in and I feel like I've lost everything. And that's exactly where I was at. I actually didn't tell anyone I'd lost my job. I remember driving out of my workplace for the last time, um, really in shock, just numb to the fact that 
my dreams had just been shattered for the year. And it was at that period of time, as I believe God does, he had something planned for me that I desperately needed. And that's what I want to talk about today in the podcast, because maybe this message is desperately needed in your life to reevaluate where you're at right now, to actually look at your life, sit, reflect, and think about where you're at and where you're going. And that's what happened to me. I actually had a friend call me up and uh, just as I was driving out, it was just the timing of it was impeccable, really, because I didn't know what I was doing the next day. All I knew was I had uh, no work. I had a little bit of a redundancy payout and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I was living in Newcastle of uh, New South Wales, uh, away from all my family. So I didn't even have like a family to go, hey, can I come over for dinner because I'm just feeling rubbish. I was just down there alone, driving out of this place and I get a call from a friend and he says to me, hey, Az, what are you doing? Like he just wanted to have a call for a chat and I, I just burst into tears. I said, mate, I've just lost my job. I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you if I was going left, right or straight because I just, I genuinely was just numb in that moment. And he says to me, oh, great. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, great. I was wondering if you want to come to a pruning retreat. Now, for me, those words have never, ever been heard in my life. So I had to kind of double check what he just said. I said, what do you, what? He goes, wonder if you want to come to a pruning retreat. And I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, there's a bunch of us Catholic guys, um, guys that go down uh, to Mittagong in New South Wales uh, around this time of the year, it's freezing cold winter. This is where we prune stuff. Like this is the time of the year where we prune the, vo- the vineyard. And uh, as don't worry, um, we eat really great food at the end of the day and we have some of the uh, fruits of our labor, some of that red wine that comes off the vine. So if you want to come and just get away, reflect, um, you know, we'd love you to come down. Now, because I had nothing on, I went, yeah, okay, sure. I just needed to get away and I thought, this is the perfect opportunity. I've got nothing on next week. And so I found myself in a position, in a place that I never thought I'd be, a place of pruning. And as I said, if you're a gardener, you know, you understand this, all right? You, you totally understand this, what I'm going to talk about. But I think a lot of us forget this is actually part of life and what has to happen so that next year can come around and there's more fruit for the harvest effectively i didn't know this so i get down to this vineyard and um we get a quick one over of how to prune a vine and um effectively how it works is you get free accommodation if you want to get out there in negative two degrees with some shears cut off some old branches remove them and you know that's that's kind of how it is and you get free accommodation lovely place beautiful landscape and we all sit around we eat dinner we discuss life it's actually like one of the coolest things I've ever done. And then we have mass each morning and we just get to reflect. And so I find myself never, you know, as I said, I'm not a green thumb at all. And I find myself in this vineyard and I'm just going to set it up. This is the day I thought I killed one of the oldest vines that I knew of. Like this, this vineyard's been around for forever. I thought I destroyed a a vine. I just thought I'd killed something when I didn't mean to. And if you've ever been through a situation where you thought you destroyed someone else's property with it, without trying and you didn't mean to and you thought you're going to get caught, that is exactly what I felt um, the next morning. Because what happened was there was this brother who came to me and he said to me, okay, this is what you need to do as um, every branch, you've got to cut it back to this point. And he sort of showed a point to cut back and you leave sort of a bud um, a little stem anyway, and then off each stem, he said, just leave three buds off each stem. 
about four inches apart. I remember it so clearly, the instructions that he said. He said, this is your row to, to prune back. Everyone else got their own shears and they had their, their headphones in and they were in different rows for the day. And can I tell you, as I was cutting back this thing, I wasn't looking at anyone else's lane. I was looking forward. I was just looking directly at my vine, working away, doing what I thought I'd been told to do. Like I'm hacking this thing. I'm listening to music. I'm, I'm a bit woe is me because I lost my job. I've lost the girl. I've just found myself in a position where I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. And then all of a sudden, on the first day, about halfway through the first day, I've only just arrived. I'm going to be there for another three or four days. I get a tap on the shoulder from this Catholic brother. And I look around and he tells me, he sort of indicates me, take your headphones out because I had it up pretty loud. I took my headphones out and he goes, As, what are you doing? <laughs> It's at this point that fear <laughs> shot through me. Like just that feeling. You know when you know you've been caught or you've seen like a dog that's torn up a pillow and then the owner gets home, there's fluff everywhere and then the owner looks at the dog and says, what have you done? And they just whimper. They know that they're in trouble. This is pretty much probably what my face looked like because I, I, I hadn't really thought too much of what I was doing because I wasn't really that focused on the vine. I was just doing what he said. He looks at me and says, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm just pruning the vine. <laughs> he looks at me again. He goes, look up and look around you. And so as I lifted my head and looked at other people's rows of where they were tr- trimming and pruning and cutting back this vine, I had an overwhelming sense of, oh my gosh, I have stuffed up like never before. Like I have completely stuffed this. You see, the vines in front of me, they looked really nice. Like they actually still had a bit of greenery on them. They, they still appeared to look like a vine. Like it, it actually looked like how I would imagine it should look after being pruned. And then this brother looks at me again and he says, as look at your vine, what do you see? <laughs> It's at this point I'm looking at this row because I've been walking along. I'm not really paying too much attention about the overall picture of what I see. My vine looks like a dead stick. It is completely hacked. Like there's nothing left. Like I have completely obliterated this vine. Like I've got rid of everything that doesn't need to be there. I've just left, like he said, each little stick gets three buds. That's it. That's all I've left. I've left no leaf. There is nothing left on this vine except for what he said. But I quickly realized that maybe I hadn't heard him correctly. Maybe everyone else in every other row had listened differently. And now I was getting told, thanks for coming, but see you later. You've just killed something that's been around for potentially 100 years. I don't know how old that vineyard is, but it seemed very old. It was in that moment that I learned probably one of the greatest lessons of my life. And I hope this helps you this week as well about pruning. This brother taught me something on that day that I'll never forget. And I want to share it with you because maybe you need to hear it in your own life. He looks at me and he says, what have you done? I said, I'm so sorry. Like I remember thinking, I am so sorry. He looks at me and says these words. He goes, as you're leaving a lot of room for growth. I look back, (laughs) sort of still trying to calculate if I'm fired or not from this voluntary job. He says, looks like you're leaving a lot of room for growth. He says, as look at the ground. I look down at the ground. I'm, I'm, you've got to understand how I'm feeling. Can you imagine? Like you've just trashed this prized possession you feel. 
He goes, look at the ground. So I'm just, yes, whatever you say. I look at the ground. He says to me, as what do you see? I said, the ground, because that's what you do in your mid-20s and you've just, you know, you're feeling, you just like answer it, just answer the question straight. The ground. Now, what do you see as? What do you see? Tell me what you see right now. And I'm looking around. I'm seeing a bunch of dirt. I'm seeing these uh, roots coming out of the ground for the vine. And I said, I see the roots in the ground. And he goes, stop. He goes, exactly. He said, as, don't worry about what you've cut back. Don't, don't worry about it. You just removed a lot. You've left a lot of room for growth. He goes, as long as those roots are planted in the ground, next year... There will be fruit and there'll be more wine. I looked at him. I was, it was one of those almost like, ah, sensei. <laughs> it was a very like deep, reflective moment. He said, as long as those roots are in the ground, there will be fruit next year. He said, as I believe this is a metaphor for your life right now, you're removing everything. By the way, this guy actually knew nothing about my life. He knew nothing about what I'd just been through. My friend had invited me to this retreat, hadn't shared a thing about who I was, what I was. I was just another one of the guests on this week away. This brother knew nothing about my life. He said, I think this is a metaphor for your life. I think this is a picture of your life. And I don't know what you're going through right now, but a lot has been removed. You've, you've had a lot in your life. It's all being cut back, back to the bare basics. And he said, but as long as you're planted... And what he meant by that, as long as you're connected with your faith in God, as long as you're connected to the man of Jesus, as long as you are planted, you are held strong by your conviction and your faith, next year there'll be more fruit in your life. He said, it'll grow back as, don't stress, you haven't killed it. He said, a lot of other people, and I'm, but what about the other people in the other, in the other rows? He said, as, don't worry about them. Don't worry about those people. He's like, that's their conviction to how much to cut back. And there will be fruit over there as well. But he said, let me teach you something about the three. He says this, and this is maybe where you're at this year, at this stage. I don't know. I just felt so clearly that I needed to share this this week on the podcast. It's something I share in schools a lot because... In our life, constantly we are being pruned, we grow, and then something gets cut out of our life again, and then we grow a bit stronger, and we get cut out again. But here's the thing, pruning has to happen for good growth to happen. He said to me, "As here's the deal, he said, if you pruned back uh, per each little stem, and there's three buds, as I said, leave enough room for three buds. He said, if you, lift, if, you, if you left four buds connected to it, you can do that. He said, but understand... How it works. He goes, in the ground, there's enough nutrients in that ground to create really good fruit next year. And over the years, we've discovered that if you leave three buds, you get the best kind of fruit because there's enough nutrients to produce really big, luscious bunches of grapes. Three per little branch. He said, if you leave four, yeah, there'll be fruit, but the fruit won't be as good. It won't be as full. It won't be as lush. He goes, if you leave five once again, the fruit isn't as good and so on. If you didn't prune the vine, you'd still get fruit, but it would just be really average fruit. So that's why we prune back. And he's like, you've cut back and had to make decisions in your, in your row of what branches stay and what buds leave, what branches get cut off, what parts you want to keep and what parts you have to cut off. He's like, 
I'm telling you, it's a tough decision, but you've done that and those buds are going to be so thankful for it because they will thrive in the next season of growth. He said, there's only enough room for three. And he said, I actually believe wholeheartedly that every person has the capacity to focus on three things really well. Three things really well. It's like, what three things in your life as do you need to focus on? And he kind of just said, it could be your family, it could be your work, and he, he just sort of left that. He, said, he didn't give me answers as to what three things. He said, but understand when you try and stretch yourself and try and do more than three, maybe the fruit won't be as great. Maybe the outcomes won't be as great for each of those things because you're torn each and each, each way and you don't have the time and the energy and this is really important for you as. That retreat and that moment will forever stay with me. It was one of the greatest life lessons I ever had. And he was right, because at that stage in my life, I had so much going on. You know when there's this sort of idea, I've mentioned this in in previous podcasts, um, where the idea of the hustle, like it's so prominent right now, especially in the last 12, you gotta hustle, gotta hustle, gotta hustle, gotta have this many bits of social media being posted, you gotta have this many marketing points, you gotta have, and it's all this sort of, crowded space like you have to be in every space at all times having so much going on to succeed well I actually feel like this is a little bit upside down but I actually think this has probably been the greatest way for my life to be successful it's actually the complete opposite and it's pruning back and just looking at the things that need to be done and focusing on those things and allowing really good fruit to come out of them not trying to do everything not trying to be at everything, not trying to, uh, you know, have 20 balls in the air whilst trying to juggle going, how can I get everything done? But instead pruning, cutting back and saying, you know what, I'm going to simplify my life. I'm going to focus on the things that are most important. And as a result, there's going to be some great fruit in my life. There's going to be some great outcomes next year that will not only be enjoyed by myself, but by others around me. And I think in this year, 2020, it's never been more relevant, this message. It's never been more important to hear this message. What are the three things in your life that are most important? Think about everything that's in your life. You can consider them all branches off your life. They're all things that you can be doing that, you know, produce something. There's some kind of outcome. There's some kind of thing in your life. What are the things in your life right now that you're spending time on? And it's almost like this year we've been forced to prune. The world is being forced to prune the things that don't matter anymore. Forced into it. It's a really, really good challenge. Later that year... After that pruning retreat, I sat down and I reflected on this thought process for quite a while and I wrote down the things that were most important to me. When it came to family, work, the things that I'm passionate about, the things that I'm prepared to suffer for, the things that I'm prepared to go through to reach my goals, but also just in a very simplistic way, what are the three things? Because I find that once I start adding four or five or six or seven or eight or nine things, which we often do get into in our lives, things miss out. Things don't get the nutrients that they need to grow. They don't get the time, the energy. And so what are you trying to grow? What are you trying to achieve? And I started to write these things down. And as a result, it gave me great clarity as to what I want to do with my life. 
2020 for me, I'm genuinely asking those same questions. What are the three things that I could pour my energy into for this next six months? Because schools are still shutting down, Sydney's getting tougher, um, you know, New South Wales is shut down, the borders are closed all over the country, it means that I have to prune back the amount of travel that I do. It prunes back the things that I thought I was going to do. There's a limited amount of schools that I'm doing in Queensland till the end of the year. So the question is, what are the three things that I'm going to do with my life this year that are of most importance? What things am I going to sow into push into to see great results in this next season of my life. I've, I've written down a few things and I'm still trying to figure it out. One of those things is write a book. I've been writing or trying to write a book for so long, but it's always got my leftovers. It's going to be one of my three over the next six months, which I'm really excited about. My question for you this week is what are you going to prune in your life, cut back and say, that's actually not important. I'm going to focus on this from now on. For you students, it might be, I just want to get through 2020. I want to graduate this year so I can get to the next grade. For some of you, it might be, I'm going to minimize the amount of time that I spend on work because at the end of the day, money is money, but family is everything. And I'm going to put more time into my family. Maybe you need to cut back from those extracurricular things that you've been doing that take away from other things being able to grow into the beauty that they can become. I don't know. So that's a very practical way to respond to this idea of three. The other thing I want to bring up is the idea of being connected to God. It's really interesting that it was in a vineyard that I received this message. And I remember when the brother said, hey, if you know, if, if, the, if the roots are in the ground, there's going to be fruit next year. He also mentioned how they you know, break off all the dead things and they get thrown away. If it's a dead branch, it's not going to produce any fruit. You've got to get rid of the dead stuff because it's not going to do anything. It's dead. You've got to cut it out of your life, cut it away, so then... Life can come through the things that are actually connected. It's a really interesting fact that Jesus actually taught that he was the vine. In the book of John 15, he actually uses this idea that he is the vine and his dad being God is the vine dresser. He's, his dad is, is, the, is the pruner, the one that cuts back the things that don't matter. Jesus says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Did you hear that? If there's not good things coming out of you, if there's not fruit and it's, it's dead, it's removed. But if it is producing good fruit, guess what? There's going to be a cutting. There's going to be a pruning in your life. So if you feel like you're going through really great stuff and you're, you're really succeeding, guess what? There has to be a pruning for you to grow to the next stage. There has to be pruning. You just can't keep producing because we, we live a life in seasons. It says this, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. It's exactly what this brother was saying. You know, this, There's not going to be any fruit unless it's connected to the vine. Abide just means connected, be within. He says this, Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Go and read this passage, John 15. Book of John, chapter 15. Go download it on the YouVersion Bible app if you have the chance. Go and have a read of it. Allow it to speak to you. It's really interesting. He says, you can't do anything by yourself. Unless you're in me, you can't do anything by myself. Y- yourself. That is a very interesting point. When you try and do it all by yourself, it gets very hard to try and... Mm, fruit. 
oh, I'm trying so hard to succeed. But when you realize that the source, the energy, the life-giving source actually comes from God, when you connect to God, it becomes a whole lot easier (laughs) to produce the things you need in your life. Not only that, there's further teaching in the scripture that I love about what fruit looks like when it comes to being connected to God. You know you're connected to God. Literally, You will know if you're connected to God. If you're feeling disconnected, it's very easy to reconnect. First and foremost, there's a place of repentance saying, God, I'm sorry that I've lost my way. I'm sorry for the things that I've done in my life. Forgive me. Give me a fresh start. That is, that is the way to reconnect. Repentance, in other words, I'm sorry, and allowing reconnection. Because that's what happens with God. He says, hey, I'm always here. I'm always here. You just got to come back to me. If you feel far away, just come back to me. It's very easy to reconnect to the vine if you feel disconnected. That's how you reconnect. But this is how you know if you're connected to Christ. In the book of Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it simply says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. In other words, when you're connected to Christ, the Holy Spirit is the helper and he will work through you and he will start to produce these things in you and people will actually see this in your life this is really interesting because so many students in particular say to me as how do i know if that person's a christian because they say oh yeah they're they're catholic oh they go to church or oh yeah they they kind of believe in something right i always say look don't 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 listen to words i don't care you know (laughs) a vine can say i'm a vine but if it's out of the dirt, it's just a stick. It's, it's not producing anything. It can look like a vine, but it's not connected anywhere. There's no fruit. It's just a bunch of sticks. So how do you know what it looks like if you know that you're connected? Firstly, you've got to get connected, as I said. If you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus, just say, Jesus, I need you. I need to be connected to you. Would you give me life that I can bear good fruit, that I can show good fruit in my life? This is the sort of fruit I think we all need in our life. And I actually think... We should long for this kind of fruit because it's such a great reflection of the love of God. It says this, the fruit, the kind of fruit that it produces when we know God is love, joy, peace, patience. By the way, the word patience sometimes is interpreted as long-suffering, right? So if you're feeling a bit of long-suffering right now because of COVID, maybe that's being produced in you right now. But love, joy, peace. You're not feeling anxious because you got God connected to you. You're not, you're not feeling um, devastated. You know, you can still have joy in a sad time. Like there's joy. It's not happiness. It's joy, peace, patience, kindness. It just exudes out of you. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, holding on, gentleness, not being easily angered. Man, these are some stuff that we all need in our life. But it can't happen unless we're connected. And finally, which is a very interesting one, self-control. I don't know about you, this week I want to be a person in my community that displays these things. And if I try and produce these things by myself, I've just got to love people. (laughs) It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I just need to be joyful because I'm a Christian. I've got to be joyful. (laughs) These things come as a natural overflow of being connected. And sometimes we disconnect. And sometimes we need to get like, get back into the brand, like get back into the vine, get reconnected again, you know, grafted back in. 
saying, oh, take me back. I want to to see this good stuff in my life. If you lack in these things, I'm telling you, going on a journey with Jesus is worth it because these are the things that start to display in your life when you have it. Sometimes you lose it and you know you've lost it when you lose these things. I'll say them again. Love, joy, peace, patience, or as I said, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ask yourself this week, what is it that I need to do to get reconnected? God can offer all of these things in your heart and in your spirit. It's as simple as coming back to Him. Simplify your life. Cut back the things that don't matter. Cut out the stuff that's causing entanglement and the the dead branches, the stuff that's dead. Just remove it. (laughs) If it's not bringing life to you, just remove it. Get rid of it. The stuff that's just death, get rid of it. Simplify your life. Write it down this week. What are my top three? What am I going to focus on this week so that I know in this next season, whatever this season is, is it another six months of COVID, is it 12, whatever the case, that you know that in this season, there's going to be that good fruit on your life. I hope this has been a real encouragement. DM me at AsSpeaks on Instagram if it's spoken to you, if it's challenged you, and you know that you need to work on this stuff. Man, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. We'll chat to you next week.